Abysses, a.k.a. responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, except for Q. I mean, especially <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast or anywhere else for that matter, especially if it's on the social medias, until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Ch- uh, I about said chapter. Episode 72. Chapter 72, verse 4. The Book of Godless Heathens. <laughs> 72 is when Nixon got reelected. For his final time? I'm dating myself, but... 1972, ah, yes. Not a high watermark in American... Well, it's a whole lot higher than now. That is true. But you can lift the Godless Heathens podcast out of the swamp by giving us a five-star rating on your podcast app of choice. If you do, we will say a prayer for you. Or talk to us on Twitter at Godless Podcast, our private Facebook group, which private Facebook groups are one of the main ways that conspiracy theories and Q filter out through the U.S. and the world, but we have one too, so it must be okay. Or drop us an email at godlessheathens at yahoo.com. I yield for somebody's drink. Okay, I will go. So I reached back into the, uh, the far reaches of my refrigerator where the special bottles are hiding out and this one is overnight celebrity uh from monday night it's a maple bourbon barrel imperial porter with espresso beans and coconut uh, it uh, clocks in at 11.5 abv i'll see your Uh-oh. five ingredient beer and potentially raise you because I am drinking a nowhere in particular batch number 39, 039, an imperial chocolate orange milk stout, an ale brewed with cacao nibs, oranges, vanilla, and lactose. And if I would not have gone to the eye doctor earlier and be still dilated, I would be able to read the rest of it (laughs) because there's more, but I can't. So we will leave it at that. And it only clocks in at a light 10.2. Oh, wimpy time. Lightweight. Wimpy time. Wow, that sounds like that sounds good. Chocolate and orange. Yeah, and it was on sale, too. You always... Next time we driveway drink, I'll definitely bring one over. Yeah, and, and it's got the safe word in there. Cacao. 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 We made last weekend another wine run. This is Spanish. Uh, this is a Spanish Cabernet. Flacco, like Joey, like the quarterback. F- spelled exactly the same, Flacco. Uh, they're Cabernet, and I got a blend of theirs. And this is, I'm um, trying the Cabernet tonight. Not bad. Is this where you go down to that um, farmer's market thing and 
get the cases? Yeah. Every bottle that they have is about $2 less than you can get it at even the liquor stores or grocery stores around here. And if you buy a case of 12 bottles, they get another 10% off anyway. So it makes it worthwhile to drive out there. Interesting. So it's good. It's a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a winner of a topic. Not really, but hopefully it will be for this podcast. For a nation built on conspiracy theories, there's one that has taken hold in the U.S. and in some places the world. We're talking about Q. One of the first times I remember Q being, quote, mainstream, and I've mentioned it on this podcast before, is there is a big billboard right outside of Dalton, Georgia, on I-75, heavily trafficked I-75, go from northern Michigan all the way to Florida, busy highway, giant Q billboard outside of Dalton. It's more and more in the news, and there's candidates that are approaching electability to Congress. And it feels like something that we shouldn't and can't ignore. And one thing that is used as a, well, Q's not that big, um, is I've seen stats that say 6% of Americans are aware of it, up to like 20%, which 6%, that's not that much. That's 20 million people. Well, it's not just that. They may not know what the letter Q stands for. They've seen it. You know, like at Trump rallies, you'll always see several people either with it on their shirt or holding a banner. More than several. Yeah. So a lot of people don't really know what it stands for. They'll have heard of it in passing conversation, but that's kind of where where it ends. But, you know, we have a president that retweets known Q people, even with the hashtag in there. Where we go one, we go all. Yep. And uh, Michael Flynn took the pledge or whatever that was posted on. That was the first time I saw a pledge. Yeah. I didn't realize there was a pledge. That seemed like performance art. There's a Q pledge? (laughs) This escaped me somehow. I don't think there is, but we should should make one up. (laughs) 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 To me, that's kind of the other scary aspect of this thing. Not just that it's starting to spread with candidates, but also in other European countries. But it's kind of a pseudo- religion with practices and trying to figure out what passages from Q drops in the same way that people like take the book of Revelation and figure stuff out and figure when Jesus is coming back, but he's not coming back. With the same level of accuracy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> as tea leaves or Nostradamus. <laughs> well, and it's the same thing too, is if something doesn't come true that Q, you know, somebody figured out in the Q drops and it doesn't come true, They'll spin it. It's like, you know, just like they'll spin, well, Jesus didn't come back because. But when you talk about Q drops, those are a thing. Yes. A Q drop is when Q, who allegedly has Q level security clearance, which I never heard heard of before. They have access to the nuclear codes right. type clearance. It might be there when they decide to launch or not launch. When there's a Q drop, it's dropped in the most guttural message board on the internet because it started off on 4chan and it went to 8chan and then 8chan got shut down. And now it's like the demon spawn of 8chan. So it's like the Hulu of internet. Oh boy, that's not fair to Hulu, but yeah. They are awful places on the web. It's only fitting that this 
conspiracy theory started there, but it certainly hasn't ended there. The other thing that is scary to me about this also is conspiracy have never had community like this. Q is basically the pope of this pseudo-religion. I'm sure they would love that analogy. <laughs> well, uh, they probably wouldn't like pope, but some kind of uh, overseeing authority. Grand, grand Poobah, yeah, the Grand Poobah. All right, we, we can go with that. You know, this Q is kind of pulling all these threads together from all these various conspiracies and just inflating them and inflaming them. And more and more people are starting to buy into the conspiracies, whether they got it directly from Q or somebody that was with Q and put this out. Why is it more and more religiously based now than it ever has been before? Why is it more and more popular when the longer it goes on, doesn't it have like an even lower batting average the longer it goes on as far as what it says is going to happen that never happens? Good point. But to answer your question, how many people who thought the world was going to end on December 14th and then the world doesn't end, how many of them become atheists? Probably zero. They'll just glom on to something else. You know, it was a rounding error. <laughs> it's either next month or next year. Well, and I would go back to you know, the, the formation of Christianity. Jesus, whether he was a real human or not, from what I understand, never really came to start a religion. But it wasn't until Paul came along and thought, I could take some of this stuff and get a bunch of other people sucked in to follow this religion. And this, this could make some money and and it went for so the religion followed later you know it's, it's kind of my point and that's the same thing with with this cue it just kind of morphed that way as more and more people became involved and then you know look how the catholic church with all of that tacked on to it it just kind of grew and grew and grew so are you saying the cue is the next catholic church that's a hot take let's hope not <laughs> but i mean i'm just saying that that's what gives it empower that's what get people to form these these ceremonies oh i think oh i think that's too deep i didn't want to spend half the podcast psychoanalyzing q fans All right but here goes I, I think it's a absolutely a sense of community yep for sure a sense of community and a belonging to something absolutely and a belonging to something and i think folks on the privileged side of the ball and that's a smaller and smaller group. And we are among them, for sure. Don't understand or maybe don't fully appreciate the pain on the other side of the ball. The lack of hope, the downward mobility. It's been going on for a long time. There is a thread of the elites. That's why Keith says that there's going to be arrests and executions. and Imprisonment. Totally goes off the rails, like a graphic novel. But they rage against elites. That rage is cynically manipulated against them. But they rage against elites because they are, feel that they are the downtrodden. And the elites, and I'm using that in air quotes, are the source of all the issues. And once they're out, then everything will be great again as a political campaign used successfully a few years ago. And there's various levels. It used to be in politics where you maybe disagreed with the politics on the other side. It's just more of a recent phenomenon that it's become not just a disagreement, but the other side is evil, if not in the case of you know some of these cons conspiracies. We're, we're 
devil infused. We have demons in us, you know, that we have to be taken out one way or the other for this progress to take place. Now, you know, we, we have the same kind of feelings sometimes about the others, about the other side, but I don't think we would take it to the extreme level that, that these guys are taking. But that's taking a fairly in. new wrinkle, the fervent religious angle that it's taking with the devil possession. Isn't that kind of a, in some ways, a natural de-evolution? Because you, you gotta keep it interesting. Is it? Or are the other Q people going, oh, geez, they're bringing up fucking Jesus again? No. First First of all, it's got to suck to follow QAnon because nothing that they say rarely, if ever, comes true. And if it is, quote, true, they have stretched the boundaries of credibility to kind of tie something together. So being a Q fan, to me, would just be this constant stream of disappointments. Evangelicalism has that same kind of thing, too. That's why I don't understand why it's growing. I posted that Twitter video for that Q guy that was starting to wrestle with, Q said there's going to be all these arrests. They're going to start arresting the elites. And it's not happening. Oh, the guy's struggling in his backyard next to his lemon tree. Kids playing in the pool in the background, you can hear. So yeah, some typical Joe Suburbanite, I guess. Sucks being him. His ending thing is you have to have faith that Q knows what he's doing. How else would you be a fan of it? Because ultimately, he actually, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he's actually more enlightened than maybe your average Q fan. He says you have to have faith, which means you can't really take this that seriously. You just have to believe. And real Q fans will fire back with, do the research, or I did the research. They try to establish some factual boundaries for all of this nonsense. And he's like, hey, you just got to have faith. Like, okay. (laughs) You know what that sounds like is apologetics. In Christianity, for people that start questioning, then you have an answer. That's what the cues, I mean, that's why there's a lot of parallels to religion, is you have people that will spin it and make apologies. And uh, so that keeps, keeps it moving. Now, you know, at some point, maybe Q will stop doing stuff, but probably somebody else will rise up and take over. That actually assumes that there is a queue. That there actually is a person. Right. Not 10 of them or not a a rogue. Some guy in his basement. A guy in his basement would be less dangerous than somebody sitting in a worldwide equivalent. You think it's somebody that's slightly affiliated, but playing it like he's more involved? So far, we don't know because the grand expose on who Q is hasn't happened yet. I'm, I'm shocked that there aren't more people actually trying to find out the origins. But it certainly could have been co-opted by, oh, let's say Putin, because it could have, absolutely could have started absolutely. as something for the laws. Yeah. And yeah. after a while, could it be co-opted for political gain? It's mm-hmm. it's happening now. Absolutely. As far as anyone knows, not directly, but you talked about Flynn and Dotard retweets Q folks and all of his kids give a nod to Q. The Republican Party hasn't completely distanced themselves from crazy ass congressional candidates who have talked about Q and worse. 
So that co-opting is already happening now. Just like the uh, Marjorie Green, who's the the Georgia uh, Republican. Yeah, the one right here in northwest Georgia. Yeah, based out of Rome. Yep, not far from here. Yeah, the Republican leaders, there's an article in the New York Times, they condemn her racist Facebook videos, but say nothing about any of the Q posts. So, you know, they're overlooking that because they realize that's probably a part of their base that they don't want to piss off. Man, as atheists, that stings. They've got a political party kissing their ass and nobody kisses ours. We've been doing it wrong, obviously. I mean, when you have the president of the United States, who is the king of conspiracies, I mean, he's still doing that hydrochloro... Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, thank you very much. And then promoting that whack doctor because she's on board with it. Yeah, but he doesn't believe her. He doesn't believe anything except himself. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't believe any of that stuff. He believes anything that's going to make him money? Absolutely. It's just like the whole birther thing. Right, yeah. So you're saying that that he probably didn't believe that? He was just putting that out there to make people question? Or do you think he believed or not believed? He didn't believe, no. He didn't believe in any of that. He just believes in the Donald. Through his own incompetence, let the coronavirus be a a never-ending bad news story. We are by far and away the worst off because of it. The laughing stock. And continue to be. And he's going to do anything he can to try and win the argument or distract us. Period. And if you get doctors who are Q fans or the demon sperm aliens doctor... I mean, seriously. I know. It's amazing you can put those words together in a sentence. Alien, demon, sperm. But she's a reputable doctor. doctor. She's a reputable doctor, though. She just specializes in aliens and demon sperm. Well, it's a niche, Don. You got to specialize, man. You can't just hang your shingle out as a primary care physician. You got to focus. Laser focus. When I went out for my run this morning, I encountered an older gentleman coming my direction. Everybody else has either moved off to the side, or if I move off to the side, as I often have to do, they give you like a wave, and they kind of appreciate that. This guy was just heading straight down the sidewalk, right down the middle. I saw he wasn't going to move, so I went out in the street. As I was passing him, he says, well, you know, you don't have to do that. We can pass one another on the sidewalk. Don't believe what Fauci says. I'm a doctor. And, of course, you think of all kinds of comebacks. Okay, what was your best? You probably have more than one, but what was the best comeback you had that you wish you would have said at the time? Well, yeah, one I thought, um, so what kind of doctor are you? Are you a virologist? Because he's making that as a statement. Because he's a doctor, he knows about this stuff more than Fauci does. The sarcasm could just be, what, I'm supposed to listen to you? Right, yeah. Yeah, what are your creds, dude? Doctor of what? Doctor of proctology? Okay, so maybe our disses weren't that great after all. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was wise just to keep quiet and keep running. But my point is, that's why there's a lot of people in Georgia that are still not wearing masks, still not social distancing, because they think Dr. Fauci is, don't believe anything he says. That's not just Q. 
Right, but... You can't pin that on Q. Well, that's part of it, though. Just on Q. Right, right, exactly. But Q's tapping into that. And that's my point. That's kind of like... Definitely. The the headquarters of conspiracies now that get spun out of there, and then they just pick up traction wherever. Ah, the headquarters of conspiracies. I can think of two places that are the headquarters for conspiracies. The White House? Actually, three. 100 Conspiracy Way. (laughs) Their address is One Hacker Way. And that's Facebook. <laughs> Look, yeah, you can't, no, you can't yep. have a conversation about misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories without and Facebook spin. and yep. YouTube. Yep. Both of them have helped create this monster. Oh, absolutely. Facebook, 20 million views of the Quackathon press conference before Facebook took it down. And Facebook doesn't even track what goes on in private groups. So why are you guys still on Facebook when you know that it's bad for democracy? I will yield. I rarely get on it. I use it for Ah! our group. (laughs) It's kind of right at this point. What's the alternative to let our group know that we're going to do a Zoom gathering? But no, I, I, I understand. So I was going to mention somebody that kind of freaked me out. John Shuck is his name, who is a Presbyterian minister who became an atheist. And I think he's part of the clergy project also. So, you know, Greta knows him and all that. But if you look at his Facebook page now, I know I'm not supposed to be on Facebook, but this guy's gone whack. Full on Q. Q and conspiracy and everything. So like his... What do you call the the header picture? In the background, the picture of the Twin Towers on fire, and it says, media that continues to lie about 9-11 can never be trusted to report the truth about the coronavirus. Okay. I know all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. And then his first post, you keep saying that me not wearing a mask is killing you. It's been months. How much longer will it take? So, you know, anti-mask. And he's got a he's got a Q and on YouTube video embedded in there. Um, Hmm. So it's just full on wackadoo. And this guy was a preacher. Well, supposedly he's for the Presbyterian Church USA, which is a progressive part of, uh, you know, the Presbyterian Church. All right. So he was a progressive preacher to begin with. Yep. He had a church in North Carolina. And he went atheist. And he came out as a post-theist atheist there and... uh, and then, and then what? He well, did? and then he moved to a Presbyterian church in Portland. Wait a second. He moved to a church, a Presbyterian church in Portland, to do what? To pastor as an atheist? Yeah, uh, you know, like a humanist kind of kind of pastor. It was Portland, so okay, carry on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think North Carolina, I think they were probably feeling feeling a little bit more squeamish about it. Probably wouldn't go over that well. But go ahead. But now he says he's on sabbatical. But anyway, I mean, so. I, you know, years ago, I used to listen to his podcast, very progressive. He had interesting progressive and atheist people on there they interviewed. And to see this is just bizarre, shocking, and worrisome. Could you think if, if he can, what's, what's the pill they take, the red pill or whatever? What is going on that somebody like this would go full on with all these conspiracies going back to 9-11? And- Maybe he always was and you just didn't know it. He was theist, then he went atheist. Is he back theist now and QAnon, or is he atheist in QAnon? Well, it's hard to tell, although when I when I look at some of his blog posts... Not really sure where the pastor stands on God. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's quoting from the Bible and the Quran, so he's got some kind of a hybrid... Oh, 
Oh, like all the best ones do. Thing going on, yeah. He's a fusion pastor. So, Jeff, just admit it. For a long time, you were listening to a conspiracy theorist podcast and no. for a while enjoying them. Jeff, no. when no. did you become a conspiracy theorist? Or at least a fan of one. <laughs> Ever since in their podcast, 9-11, I had my doubts. Building 7, man. Building 7. It's just totally shocking and worrisome to me that, that somebody like that could just... Okay, but that's, a good, that's actually an interesting point, though. Because when you say somebody like that, why is his conversion worse than some unknown out in the hinterlands? And then why... Is it more worrisome when it starts to fester overseas now? Do we think that poorly of these folks that when there's somebody who gets sucked into it that's like us, it's like, oh, I didn't know that Jimmy from down the street became a crack addict. Oh, crack must be a real problem now. There is fewer degrees of separation between you and a guy that went Q. Yeah, because the Presbyterian Church USA, that was my team for a long time. That was your wheelhouse. And represent. So a guy who was on your team. From your tribe. Yeah, and that was further on my team when I was an atheist. Then I learned he was an atheist. So I was like, cool. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up. Multiple steps in your journey. Yeah. Huh. He had a podcast. <laughs> right. Jeff, was he a craft Whoa. beer fan? Was he a craft beer fan? Oh geez, I don't. I don't want to know. I oh, don't, if he I, is, you 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 got four degrees of separation. Oh two my more, God. and you're full cue. The walls are closing in. Did he give a wide berth when he ran? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. And and look, this guy is close to you. Friend of my wife's is one somebody that we've known for decades. And somebody just dropped I just something. dropped my. Uh, <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> My uh, Surface stylist. My bad. Known her for decades. She is a full-on all fake news and the virus is fake. Believe the doctors. Wake up, sheeple. Completely. It's being overblown and you should take hydroxychloroquine. And, I, you know, she'll be posting on Facebook probably about alien demon sperm soon. But was she always that way or? No. I mean, think of... Think of the the simple times in the early to mid-90s where the only thing that we had to worry about after a while was going to be Monica Lewinsky, that she-man hussy who was the first lady. And any cute thing about Hillary Clinton has roots way, way back. But no, she was not a conspiracy theorist. She was somebody that we hung out with because who talked about that stuff? Nobody right. talked about that stuff. But I mean, was she always conservative? Probably more than us, but we were not so incredibly defined as that as much back then. We weren't as divided. We weren't as connected. We weren't being fed news and information 24-7 and opinions and takes. It was just, it was slower. You got the news. You had to go somewhere to get analysis. It didn't follow you. Yeah, yeah. So she was probably more conservative, but it didn't come up. Yeah. She wasn't evangelizing. No. Well, first of all, she. I mean, nobody had their own webpage to tell the world their opinions, post links, and respond to everything in the news constantly. It was somebody that we hung out with, that she worked with. 
just off the deep end and it's and it's a bummer she is one of those people that we haven't seen for a while but when we would see them it would be like no time had passed. Yeah, you got along great, totally. blah, blah, laugh, you, talk, had a couple yep, drinks, no totally. big deal. The la- it's funny, the last time we saw them, her husband, I don't even know how he got on the topic. Like his tone changed and he kind of looked at me and he was like, I don't really trust government. I don't really think government does anything well. And the way he said it was like, I wasn't in the club. There was a circle, and you were definitely standing outside of said circle. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of weird. So this de-evolution doesn't surprise me. Didn't come completely from left field. It still bums you out, though. I mean, it's still this guy, Jeff, that you knew... It has to kind of pain you on a personal level to see this. Well, it does. Because what's what's interesting is like when you pull up the Facebook page, and I, I've been friends with him uh, on there. And so it pulls up the messenger. So this goes back to 2014 when I was, you know, we were trying to arrange to get Ryan on his podcast and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, he was saying, man, what the fuck happened? Six years ago. And, you know, like one of his posts is, if you do not want a vaccine and you do not, you will need to connect with others Uh like you. Protect each other. Support each other. Those who refuse a vaccine will have lives very difficult to live, if not impossible, without alternative ways to find food, shelter, travel, employment, and basic health care. Nothing the authorities and media say is real. They are your enemy. Find your friends. Mm. Fuck. Whoa. That last couple lines really... Yep. And who are your friends? Took a hard, hard turn. Yes. Yeah. Enemy. And and so, I mean, that kind of makes you wonder is how many people are involved that we don't know that. I mean, this guy's public about it. How many people aren't posting that type of stuff? Right. Right. Okay. okay. So let, let's say, Jeff, instead of Don and I, you're talking to this guy on the podcast. What would you say to him? What the fuck happened to you, dude? You would not. <laughs> you would absolutely no, would I, not. No, no, no. But I'd want to. I'd want to hear his story. That would be your question. You would just word it differently. <laughs> I hope. I'm sure he's heard this before from a few others. That I'm kind of shocked by the turn of events. Let me know what's the story. I can't be the first one to ask you this. Certainly not. Certainly not. You're familiar with a testimony. Yeah. Give me your testimony. But obviously, though, he's getting something out of it. If you're anti-vax and everybody else is the enemy. How are people like that, honestly, going to assimilate into broader society? You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to get along with with everybody. But there's got to be some basic level of, I may not agree with you, but I don't have a need to actively fight and oppose you because I think you actively oppose me. How do you get out of a pandemic that relies on some semblance of shared... Basic human decency. Human decency, shared sacrifice, and the idea that we are all in this together to defeat this. And if we can't get together on that, so the virus wins. Oh, yeah. How do you even have a society, though... With people that say that the other side, whoever they are, is the enemy. Not just the enemy, they're evil. Right. They're purposely evil. And and can't be reasoned with and should be shunned. What's striking about those last two sentences also is he comes from a religion supposedly still employed 
by a religion that said, you know, where Jesus supposedly said, love your enemy. <laughs> Jesus didn't say that in all religions? Uh, I don't know if he said it in the Quran or not. That would be something different. But. This does get to the heart of, like, when, you, when it reaches that level of Jeff, it doesn't get any lower. Mm-hmm. They have impugned the proper word of Jesus. He has cloaked himself in the shawl of Jesus and has fallen short. Right. Then don't claim yourself to be a Presbyterian minister anymore if this is what your thing is. But, I mean, you know, so I learned this yesterday about him. And, and then to have, have that you know, encounter on my run this morning with the guy, you know, it's just like, holy shit, they're all around me. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I think we're becoming more and more in the minority more than I, th- I would want to admit. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Oh, but, I hope. I hope. Well, sell me on it, Jerry. Come on. <laughs> uh, mm, well, <laughs> I, I'm not sure you're going to want to buy this. I'm supposed to be the optimist. You're supposed to be the pessimist. Don't you typecast me, <laughs> you vaccine believer? Well, salty um, Jerry. I don't think enough people, kind of on our side think that we need to band together to squash and oppose that. Like, I think too many people think people like him are just kind of not worth paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And that part concerns me. Yeah, he's got 7,724 people on his Facebook, you know, that follow him. Well, I mean, even the Fauci guy. Oh, oh, yeah. The old man that says, you don't have to believe Fauci. Like that guy should be actively opposed. But how many neighbors are going to do that? There's no semblance of banding together. There's still a politeness. If there was somebody at a neighborhood gathering that started spouting off, I'm dropping the gloves. I'm not going to drop them first. I'm going to drop the gloves. You're not walking in. Start shit. No. no. You know what? (laughs) Definitely not intentionally. And, but the thing is, a lot of folks wouldn't. It to me, it's it's worth fighting for. So, so I had you know the second thoughts as you do after this encounter is like maybe I should have stopped my run, even though I needed to get home in a reasonable time, and said, "Excuse me, what do you exactly do you mean by that?" And you know, and called him out on it. Uh, wait, but, wait, are you talking what? to me? Are yeah. you talking <laughs> to me? And I could have got. <laughs> I'm the only one no. here. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that would have moved the needle or if that would have said, oh, he's one of those. He's one of these enemies that believes what the mainstream media says. So I, I don't know. Would it, is it worth it or not? That's an interesting point because you almost have to be prepared for it, though. It's hard to, and this interaction kind of calls that out because your first reaction would be, fuck you talking to me? Or are, are you some kind of conspiracy theorist that you think Fauci is somehow leading us astray? Getting chesty, getting ready to kind of throw down. But then the opposite of, oh, oh, kind sir, do you not believe Dr. Fauci? Please tell me your feelings on this. Go on. What is the non-threatening yet <laughs> I'm not going to take any shit response? We're waiting, Jeff. Please come come up with something. Well, and so my response was, as I kept on running, is I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I don't know, I don't about, know about that. Like, boy, you sent him <laughs> off on a quadri. He just pondered and pondered. Ruined his day. Yeah. You know what? Ruined He's on his podcast yeah. now going, what did that guy mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one yeah. of those demon-possessed people, I can tell. When the wide birth runner <laughs> yep. yeah, one of the, one of them, said he didn't know about it. science believers. Did he mean he didn't know or he didn't know about it? And maybe I could have flashed him the Q sign just to see if he would nod, you know. And, and this is something, the same reaction that you would have if, you know, somebody was got in your face about not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You, it, and it sucks that you have to kind of think about these things before you go out in public. Like everybody is kind of on edge. Every interaction is potentially a little more fraught. We went to the DeKalb Farmer's Market last week, and I was surprised how many people there did not have masks on. Really? Because that's where I make my wine runs, and I was surprised because everybody had nope, one on. Not, and not. When did you go? I went last Saturday, a week ago this Saturday. Same day. Oh, wow. Yeah, same day. Wow. And it rained on the way over there. We went around noon. It might have been, you know, it might have been two weeks. It might have been two weeks. It was recent, and not everybody had masks on, and I was shocked. We were out this weekend. I was surprised with how many people had masks on. I've been out limited since basically March, but we were out this weekend, and everybody I saw had a mask on. Wow. Everybody. Well, when you see folks without it... They're making a statement. I think when I was out maybe a month ago, if you had a mask on, you almost felt like you were the odd man out. You almost feel like they're kind of putting a finger in your ch- in your chest a little bit. I'm not wearing a mask. Well, so many places are mandating it now. If you want to go here, if you want to shop here, you have to have a mask. We won't let you in. You want to go to Walmart? Fine. Put a mask on. You want to go to Home Depot? Put a mask on. You want to go to BJ's or Costco or whatever? Put a mask on. Most your major... You know, big box retailers, at least, you have to have a mask on to go in. Like this neighbor, if he was going to challenge Kroger's and try to go in without a mask and see what, what would happen. I didn't see, I went to Kroger's this morning to get my my uh, meds. There was nobody at the front yeah. door, you know, looking to see if you had a Stopping mask. Stopping people from coming in? Or, you know, if you don't have a mask, here's a mask. I didn't see anybody stationed to do that. So I could have walked in there without a mask. I don't. The Cap Farmer's Market doesn't have somebody, like a greeter. Home Depot does, and, and of course, uh, you know, a membership club does. The Cap Farmer's Market doesn't, but everybody there I saw was wearing a mask. Well, you must have been out there on mask hour because I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was on um, mask week, I guess. Amazing what a week does. Look, these folks, I don't understand what's driving it. What, the, the no-maskers? Yeah, I don't understand what drives the Q folks either. Actually, I understand the Q folks more than I do the anti-maskers. More? I, I do. <laughs> I mean, because they they want to believe in something. They want answers where there are no answers. And so that's kind of the easy way to find an answer. It's summed up like this. It's We had a chance, and all it took was just a little human decency, and we failed miserably. And, and, and those are the people that... Or, or the anti-masker. It's not that that easy to explain somebody's fascination with Q, though. I'm just talking about the mask wearing. I think the Q thing, a lot of it is, it very, it very well may, may be just 
like, like we said, we've always had conspiracy theories. There's, as far as I can remember, as long as I've been alive, there's always been some sort of conspiracy theory that's been brewing, whatever it was. So, so this is, is no different. This is just the latest one. But for whatever reason, it's grown exponentially. No, no, not for some whatever reason. Because of Facebook and YouTube. Okay. Absolutely, social media has been a giant accelerant. And the thing about Q is, and we haven't really mentioned that, you know, these conspiracy theories that have been going on forever are never benign. They're racist. They're sexist. They're anti-Semitic. They are classist. It's like a who's who of horrible things mm-hmm. that get baked into these yeah. conspiracy theories. Like spin the wheel of awfulness. See where it lands. Yeah, the, the Shadowland article, and we'll post a link to it. I, I didn't realize that. And I've, yeah, we'll post a link to the whole series. Right, yeah, because I, I haven't had a chance to read this yet. But one of the things in there is the conspiracy theories that fueled the Civil War. So, I mean, so conspiracies are nothing new. But the way they propagate mm. with social media, where it's like it goes out to thousands of people. Because before, have you read this pamphlet? And no, it's it's all in your, your pocket. So... And, and for real, when you go on Facebook, you do or don't think of the active harm that it's doing to the nation and the world as a whole. Ever? I only go on when I want to actively harm the nation or the world as a whole, actually. That's daily. <laughs> Way to hold back. I think I need to do world harm today. Where's my phone? <laughs> I got 47 <laughs> likes. <laughs> I just don't feel like I've harmed the world enough. Let, let me go on Twitter. I got some great harm. I'm going to thread them. <laughs> Twitter is that much better? Jerry? <laughs> so, are we going to play degrees of awfulness? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Yet he without sin cast the first stone. Pointing a finger at me is not defending you. <laughs> I got the log in my own eye. Man, we're quoting the Bible left and right here. What, what kind of atheist show is this? Sounds like a good point. On, on that note, what book are you reading this week, Jeff? I got I got a recommendation. It is the third week I've made this recommendation. So you challenged us to watch Afterlife. Oh, and you did your homework. I took you up on it. And how much did you watch? All of them. Holy shit. All 12. Both seasons. It's, it, as you know, it's only 12 episodes total. They're all like 20 minutes long. And about a fourth of them of each episode is like directly out of a Ricky Gervais stand up on atheism. Somehow, somehow he manages to like sneak in a couple of segments on every show. But for a 20 minute show, they do a great job of establishing some interesting characters and people that you care about. It is not a comedy. There is occasional chuckles, but for the most part, it is. it can be pretty heavy. And Yeah, it's great. hard to describe because you tell somebody, you go, it's a comedy show. It's about a guy whose wife just died of cancer. And if it wasn't for the fact that he owned a dog, he'd shoot himself in the head. And you're like, wait a second, follow me here. It's a comedy. It, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It, it runs It runs the gamut. But it is, if you, if you like Ricky Gervais especially, 
And he's not he's not always obviously the most likable character, but then that's probably Ricky Gervais. So next time I promise to to actually have a recommendation. Jeff, how how many episodes did okay, you watch? So I had all intentions last night. I usually watch stuff you know at bedtime, but Larissa came over for a midweek happy hour, and I fell Jeff, asleep Jeff, at Jeff, bedtime. Jeff, so zero. So wait a second, but that's just last night. You had two weeks well, for a total of we're talking maybe four to six hours. You don't of know my Jeff. school habits, where Jeff. I would always do the last minute cram. Jerry's eligible for a hundred because he watched all the. Yeah, I'm eligible. I got a hundred. And came with a damn good book. Well, okay, report. but do I get credit for pushing play, even though I fell asleep? So I don't. Jeff, Jeff, would it not have been easier just to say zero? No, I have to. Because uh, it would you, you <laughs> give Don far less ammunition. A sharp uh, knife yeah. cuts cleanest. Take the zero. Just yeah. ch- get it. Jerry and got then a hundred. Done. Just take your yeah, zero. I failed Don's online class. I did <laughs> so. Oh my God. You're gonna lose <laughs> your hope scholarship. Uh, there is no hope. I'm hopeless. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll watch an episode betw- you know, before right. now in the next podcast. Oh my God! How could you make this any worse? <laughs> Why in the world would you not just let it go? Because now you just stretch this out for another two weeks. And if you don't watch an episode, oh, he's going to give you more shit. If you watch an episode, you'll watch a season. If you watch a season, you'll watch uh, two. No. I'm telling you. No I'm way. I'm telling you. He does not hooked. watch TV like you. I don't, but I'll try, I'll try oh, better. I'll, right. I'll be better, teacher. Okay. So do you have a book? Um, don't have a book. Book other you know, than what I said last time. I think interesting podcast is kind of um, you know connects with our topic today. It's a podcast called QAnon Anonymous, and so this is a podcast that kind of gives all the inside scoop on what this QAnon thing is about. And I listened to one of those. You sent us a yep. link, and I listened to one of these, and and they're good. Yep. They're funny, and they're mm-hmm. and they're good. They've got ninety something episodes of this QAnon related podcast. So okay. yeah, I mean it's you know okay. interesting thing to dip your toe into um, just to find out what's going on in the Q world and ninety something episodes. You better have a big ass toe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's a lot there. What's your recommendation other than? Well, my recommendation was I was going to quiz y'all on your homework. That is not a recommendation. No, no, that's, yeah, you're skating off there. Hey, Don, I don't have a recommendation. That's the same advice I would give Jeff. I don't have a recommendation. <laughs> okay. No. It's so much easier. It is. Yeah, we yeah. should learn to Less pressure. quit spinning our wheels in the dirt. Okay. And on that note. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all in All two right. weeks. Good night. Godzilla is my friend, and Shredinko was my friend, and Bridgeneck was my friend.
Mami. Oh,